Well, hello, and welcome to the first episode of All Caught Up. Now, I know it might seem like a shock for most people who know me that I haven't actually seen every film in the world, despite the fact I never stop talking about them. This quarantine's actually been really good for me catching up on stuff, so at least there's one plus. And to be fair, if I can help by staying inside and watching pop cultural shit, how bad. I finally pulled the finger out and saw the seminal Tim Burton classic, Beetlejuice. Now, I'm as shocked as you are that I've never seen this because honestly, until a week ago, I thought I had. Because I've seen the ending several times, but I've never actually seen the film in full. So Beetlejuice, as you all know, is a 1988 American fantasy comedy film directed by the wonderful Tim Burton. You can tell the animation style is there with Henry Selleck because they've worked together a lot, like between Coraline and... Nightmare and uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I nearly said Nightmare on Elm Street. The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I maintain is a Christmas film, but that's a different thing. Henry Selleck, as soon as I saw that sandworm, I was immediately at this Tim Burton film. Like that just fits it. They have a love love relationship. They just work so well together. They're they're the sim the symbiosis of how they work and just the whimsical fantasy horror that they create is just beautiful. The story revolves around the Maitlands, which is Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. And man, does Alec Baldwin look good in this film. Now, all I can think is Jack Donaghy, as a young man, will get it. But that's a different story for a different day. So in Beetlejuice, um, Barbara and Adam Maitland um, are on holidays and giving gifts to each other, which I'm not really sure why that's a precedent, but um, I'm kind of okay with it. And if anyone wants to give me a present for just, you know, going on holidays, I'm totally okay with that. So they are in a car accident while they are going, coming back from the main town and uh, their house gets sold by their nosy industrious neighbour who sells it immediately after their funeral to a couple from New York and they bring their daughter who's a very young Winona Ryder to live in the house Um, the Maitlands obviously don't want them there so they decide to you know oust them and scare them but they don't really understand how to do that because they're not really good at the whole reading thing Um, and they do parlor tricks and eventually they actually read the book of the dead uh, recently deceased which always read the manual if you're going to start something at least learn how to do it right and so they become ghosts and they kind of don't really get the whole recently deceased thing for a while so they're in denial initially um, and they are trapped in their own house for the next 90 years when the Dietzes pop by. So this is a very young Winona Ryder, uh, pre-Mora uh, Rose, Catherine O'Hara, and uh, the husband who, I have no idea who he is, I probably should, I don't really care, because fuck it. 
Um, so they move into the house after it's sold by the um, do you know the aggressively caring neighbour trope. So it's like that person who makes it seem like they care, but they're actually just out for themselves. So yeah, she's the real estate agent who hops on that sale as soon as they're dead. So the house is up for grabs and in Tim Burton fashion the entire thing is shot in a very pastel kind of way which is beautiful and it really kind of offsets the whole like ominous creepy feel of the film I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent here I haven't actually planned this out we'll see how it goes um so uh, he actually directed this after Pee Wee's Big Adventure which you can kind of see where that came in so it's very much the kind of cartoony fantasy horror and to be honest with the shit show that's going on in the world now I think that's exactly what we need at the moment just a bit of camp horror just to forget about all the fucking bullshit that's going on in the world at the moment and yes this is going to be explicitly marked so Barbara and Adam are trapped in the attic or they stay in the attic and they're trying to scare the maiden or the deets is out and like to be honest I, f- I assume everyone who's listening to this, this has seen it but I was shocked at how little I knew about Beetlejuice except for the ending um, Michael Keaton's great in this actually I must say he's very very energetic and I love that man he was great in Batman he was great in Birdman he's great in Anthem where he plays like something with wings he didn't play something with wings in this but you know he's quite the character so it's become this like pop cultural phenomenon like even like for Halloween everyone dresses up like Beetlejuice and that makes sense and it's kind of just creepy enough and fun enough to work but don't I really appreciate about Beetlejuice just in general is how much thought goes into the afterlife like what they've done to kind of create this entire alternate reality and alternate universe within their own like an urban fantasy where you knock on a door three times that you paint on the wall and you are transported into bureaucracy because what bigger way to show hell and purgatory and a never ending journey than have to deal with a copious amount of paperwork and cues and then there's a throwaway line from one of the characters which I kind of appreciated but it was like oh that's dark where um, they were talking about anyone who commits suicide is a clerical officer in the afterlife and there so there's zombies uh, doing paperwork like Fran and Black Books like typing away their tongues lolling they're like nope this is bullshit and the maintenance are just kind of like the doe-eyed protagonists guiding us through this world like we're being guided through because every other character knows what's up but they're new to this and they're very like guileless and it's kind of sweet because they didn't have any kids and one owner rider as adorable as she is she's so small um she's like their surrogate daughter and until I watched the film in full I thought they adopted her like the end of Matilda because I had just seen the last 15 minutes of that film until today yeah so I think overall I just thought the here's some things I liked about it so 
the color scheme was amazing just the palettes and the the wallpaper and just the attention to detail with the like circular staircases and the ant farm and just even Catherine O'Hara's like it's an outhouse on the inside it's just that kind of attention to detail to make it seem claustrophobic and cramped when there's it's actually expanding into this entire other universe but the Dietzes other than Lydia are so close-minded that they can't see beyond themselves whereas Lydia is willing to see anything because she is self-described weirdo um and I'm like that too so I'm like fair play girl um I didn't actually know this but uh Tim Burton directed uh, Michael McDowell's script but when he signed on he actually got someone to rewrite the script so I'm actually curious to see what the original one was like but the makeup and just the costuming throughout is just gorgeous it's very timeless again I'm just gonna call it out here Alec Baldwin my god what a what a stunner like if you think of Alec Baldwin as Jack Donaghy who I will always associate Alec Baldwin with as one of the seminal brilliant characters the, the just like the heavy hitter in 30 Rock he has the best one liners throughout that entire show and to see him in his prime with his floppy hair and his just like innocence and loveliness and just him and Gina Davis have really good chemistry and they just seem to be really into each other it just works and you can believe that they're married and they're a married couple to be fair they're very saccharine and like sweet and that kind of offsets the whole Tim Burton dark realities kind of it's a nice dichotomy it's giving sweetness and the sourness of the world around them like they are in their own bubble and they're aware of other people trying to use them like the neighbour but they're just concerned about themselves and living their house and living their lives and the only thing they want really is a daughter and then Winona Ryder comes around and she's the only person who can see them for who they really are it's sweet like on that kind of shallow level it's nice and then when you get to the actual underground and you go to the afterlife and you meet Juno and you go through the receptionist who's Miss Afterlife and all the people waiting in queue with their horrific accidents it just it's interesting it it plays off the idea that we are expected to assume that there is a dark place and a light place based on most religions but this kind of plays into the fact that maybe it's never ending circle of paperwork maybe there's a lot of stuff to go like cogs in a wheel have to turn there has to be rules there has to be function there has to be order regardless if it's living or dead it's fascinating to me anyway then I'm just gonna get to the you know the protagonist and the star of the film to be honest like Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice or Beetlegeist which I love that throwaway joke that um Alec Baldwin can't pronounce anything correctly like he even at the start of the film he was um pronouncing deceased as desist 
So like there's a lot of little bits of attention to detail which just work so well but Michael Keaton throughout as Beetlejuice is just outstanding. He delivers every line with such like venom and wonder and just he is a cowboy looking to lasso his cow. Like he is full on in that moment given everything he can and he is unrecognizable like he is not the same person he played in batman he is not the same person he played in birdman he is especially he's not the same person he played in spider-man homecoming just saying that now but my god he does it so well and all you can do is just watch him in fascination and horror because you want more from beetlejuice and he's not in it that much like he's very rarely in it he spends about I don't know, maybe it's an hour and a half long film and I think he's only in it, actively in it, for about 40 minutes of the whole thing. Considering he's the actual like name character, you would expect it to be more, but it's kind of like with the Hulk in Avengers, which controversially I don't actually think is a great film, but that's besides the point. Less is more, like if it was all Beetlejuice, it wouldn't have worked as well. It There needs to be that like sweetness to offset his sour dis- demeanour. He is chaotic. He is completely anarchic. He is doing everything to serve himself under the guise of helping others. And it's interesting. Um, I just thought, he, oh, his hair and his makeup, it was outstanding. And also, Henry Selleck, with that sandworm. Like, as soon as I saw the sandworm, I was having flashbacks to James and the Giant Peach, which came out afterwards. But I knew straight away that the animation style was the same. Yeah, so Tim Burton, Henry Selleck, two halves of a whole at this point. Just the animation style is just so perfect for what they're trying to achieve. Like, they're giving the sense of the otherworldly and they're examining how we perceive the extraordinary and even I'm going to learn that dance sequence for one two how the Dietzes and their house guests react to the ghosts in the house haunting them possessing them making them do a full-on chicken dance it just works it's Though, like their reaction is completely adverse to what you would expect. Like they, the Maitlands were convinced that their parlor tricks would scare them out of the house, get them away. This is ours. Get out. I don't know why because it was adorable, but they want more. They want the horror. They want to be a part of the supernatural. To feel like they're special. That there's nothing better in this world than feeling like you know there's something more in it. Like, you are special, you are haunted. I have a parlor trick, I can cash in this. That's the dad makes an amusement park. The mother is like, I can be cool. And Lydia just wants friends and family who get her. And it's nice at the end to see her have her actual parents take a step back and the Maitlands then become her surrogate parents for want of a better better term like they take care of her schooling they take care of her they just seem like a family they're happy 
and it's just one of those things that with all the campy fantasy horror there's a sweetness to it I loved it I genuinely like if you hadn't been able to tell by my gushing rant for the last 15 minutes Beetlejuice is a very good film and I'm glad I finally pulled the finger out and got to watch it Um, I promise the next episode might have a bit more structure actually I can't promise anything but if there's anything you would like me to see that I should have seen by now which trust me there's a lot of it um, let me know hit me up um, I'm willing to have suggestions I have a list of as long as, long as my arm but um, I'm thinking the next episode will be the never ending story which oh joy that'll be fun so yeah tune in for the next episode where I am hopefully less la- rambly definitely less nasally Um, And hopefully we'll be out of quarantine by the time I get through this list. Okay, bye guys. Thanks for listening.